Today's daf is daf ayin aleph. We are going to begin on daf ayin aleph, the first line, hour of Kana. Our Rav Kana Marav, Rav Kana says in the name of Rav, with regards to a deaf mute who was once, like Rashi says, was once normal, and now he became a deaf mute and uh, he's not able to speak. But he's able to express himself through writing. So Rav says that that the Beisden writes and gives a get to his wife based on his written instructions. He instructed in writing that a get should be given to his wife. Now, Omer of Yisus said, My Kamashwalon, what is, what is Rav teaching us? Tanina, we learned already in our Rishta. Nishtatik, if somebody became a mute, husband who was normal then became a mute, and they said to him, Shall we write a guest for your wife? And he nodded with his head. So the, what does the mission say? You check him three times. If he responded. So the Mishnah clearly says that if they asked, the Bezdan asks, Shall we write the get for your wife? Uh, and he nodded. And they checked three different questions, and he said on no. When they asked him questions about the negative, he said no. In regards to the positive, he said yes. So the Mishnah for this says, It says that he shall write a get, they shall, and, and give it to his wife based on the nod of his head. So what's he saying? The Mishnah clearly said that if he motions with his head, then. Uh, then we we rely on his uh, instructions. So our letter of Zeta, so now of Zeta says, Elo Kamris, I'm mute, you say. In other words, your question was based on the Mishnah, which is discussing somebody who's a Elam, who's a mute. Shani Elam, a deaf mute, is different because oh, in the Elam case, his mind is intact. The tiny within the daber veini shemeya zol chedish. Somebody who can speak but can't hear—that's a chedish. Shemeya veini medaber. Somebody who hears but can't speak zol ilam. This is a ilam. So he's totally intact. He's totally normal. And both this one and this one and that one are considered competent with regards to all these halachas. Now Rav Kana stated his halacha with regards. To one who can neither hear or speak. Now, this goes beyond the Allah of the Mishnah. So, Kana says that the written statement of a deaf mute is an indication of his mental uh, capacity. So, that's what Kana and I was talking about. The Mishnah, which says that, um, that's talking about an Elaine, he's totally competent. The Chidish of Rav Kana is, we're talking about somebody that. Uh, he's, he neither can hear nor speak. The chiddush is that the written statement by this deaf mute is an indication of his mental com- uh, uh, competence. So now the word says, "How do you know that somebody who speaks but can't hear that's a chiddush, and somebody who can hear but can't speak that's a ilim?" So the word says, "The pasuk says, I am like a deaf man." I do not hear. So we see chedesh has to do with hearing. 
And a mute man is somebody who will not open his mouth. By same another answer, you could say that the word ilim, like Rashi says, kedam miinchi, and what's ilim is like a contraction of the expression, ishtikil milule, his speech has been taken away. Oh, and if Zeder says, as ikashili, if you have a shalom or kanas statement, in other words, a kanas statement is difficult for me, hokashili, this is the question. The Tanya, we learned in the Brisa, now it says in regards to somebody who was called up to give testimony and he weasels away and he doesn't, he failed to do so. So what does the Pasuk say? If he does not give testimony, so the Pasuk says that he's going to bear a sin. Now from here, this excludes a mute who's unable to utter his testimony. So he's put there from bringing the korban if he refuses to testify. So again, what does he say? Prat li'ilim. Which means somebody who is mute, sheniyoch ha'lahagid, he's not able to, to speak. Now, the word says, Amai, why is he exempt from bringing the korban? He's able to utter his testimony through writing. So what do we see? Written testimony is not valid through writing. So how could so that's what Abzira says? How can Abkana say this the written statement is good? If written statement would be good, so the Khir and the Elaine, he should be chayef to bring the Korban because he's able to write down his testimony in on Ksav. So the Abayas, Abayas said to him, Edus Kamis, you say about testimony. Shani Edus Edus is different because what does the Terra say? Terra says from their mouths, which emphasizes a testimony has to come from the witnesses' mouths and not from the writings. Okay, then Rashi is a whole shayla, the chayla, the how do we trust any testimony that comes through Ksav if the terrorist says, Mepim, let me pick Savam. Akalponim, according to Abayah, Abayah says the Edus is different because it's a Xeris Akosim, Mepim, Veloi, Mepik, Savam. Mesve, they asked the shayla, they raised an objection that was based on the Brisa. Bryce says, "Kshem shabaitin haisel digetin kach baitin haisel lemasayis lematona haisel leidus leidushas." Just as the chachamim of the base invest again, in other words, a person who lost his ability to speak with regards to getin, so too the chachamim investigate with regards to business transactions, testimonies, and yidushas inheritance. Katanimias. In any event, what does it teach us? Adius testimonies. This proves that even one unable to speak can give. Test, can give testimony. We're talking about it's referring to an edus of a woman, the kila which the chachamim are mekel and are allowed testimony that will not normally be accepted, as we know when it comes to agunas for mekel, in order for her to permit her to remarry. So Mar says, "Vakatani Yeru Shais," but the Torah speaks to the broad, the says clearly about inheritance, which seems to be referring to money matters, where proper testimony is required. Amar Abavo, said that Yerushas Bnei Abichur. The Bryce is referring to inheritance of his firstborn son, meaning that he's not testifying about other people's property, but testifying which one of his sons is the Bichur. Since this edus is, is considered to be a division of the property that belongs to him, the testimony of one who is unable to speak is valid. The Gemara continues now. The Gemara says, "Ktanim yis lemasoyis lematanis." 
In any event, what does the price to say with regards to business transactions? Um, so the chayda my love la'alma does it not mean that a elim a meat can testify with regards to business transactions for everyone else? So the says no. It means like the day means to himself. The price is saying when an elim conducts business, the basin must first check if he's mental and mentally capable. Basically, the answer shall from a price chaydish chaydish with regards to deaf mute. The whole chuba achar mizoyis the mizoyisov achar kvitesov achar ksaviyot the elevator talfon. The guards that deaf mute the base then follows his signals. Um, the base then follow his signals and follow the movements of his lips and follow his handwritings for manners of buying and selling. When it comes to metalton, this appears to be a sort of kind of statement that is permitted for a elim husband to give written instructions to divorce his wife. It only works by metalton. So Mara says, Tanoihi, this is a machlikis Tanoim. Tanya will enter a brisa, Umr of Shimmegam Leo. Shimmegam Leo says, Medvan Mamudim. In what case does the basin not rely on written testimony of Elaim with regards to a get? Is Bechedish Mikari. Only in the case where the deaf mute was deaf from the outset. In other words, when he was uh, he was born this way. But in a case where he is. Competent, and then it became a chedesh. Okay, seven eicharis. He could write instructions to give a get for his wife, and the witnesses should sign it according to the opinion of Kaka. So the Mara says, Mara asks, chedesh mikori lay, and a person who's a deaf mute from the outset cannot give written instructions with regards to a get. Just as he marries her with. Uh, with like uh, with, uh, with the remes without speaking, so to eat the verses are with Aramiza. So my answer is, if the Bryce is referring to his wife, then you're right. Hanami, indeed, this would be the case that he could divorce her through Ramiza because such a marriage is not fully valid according to Minatera. Hachamayaskina, what are we talking about? We're talking about a Yevimta. In other words, his sister in law. Whose husband, his brother died, childless, to whom he performed ibum, and now he wants to divorce her. So now this is a full fledged marriage. Samara says, Is Yivoma from whom? If you say that he shall fell to him from his brother who was also deaf, and just as her marriage to the brother was through a remiza, so to her divorce from the Yuvim, I can be through a remiza. Rather, Rather, she fell to him from a competent brother. So this Yibum is married by Melatero, whereas the deaf mutes, remiza, that he desires to divorce her is only Melatero. Another answer, Actually, you can explain that she fell from the Deaf mute's brother, and the Chacham instituted this decree with regards to a woman from his deaf mute brother due to the death of his competent brother. Where it says, his wife as well, they should have made a decree that a deaf mute husband cannot divorce her to get if he marries deaf mute. So, my answer is, his Yivama was married. His halachically competent brother might be confused with his Ivama. If to be Vimta, let me But we do not confuse 
his own wife with a Yavam. Therefore, there's no need to make this decree. So the Gemara says, Do we make such a decree? A Cheshat to Bekeach? But now we learned in the Mishnah, in a case for two deaf mute brothers whose marriage is valid, Midrabanan. As soon as the Achis Pikhois married two Allahically competent sisters. Or to two deaf mute sisters, or two sisters, one of whom was awfully competent and one of whom was a deaf mute. Or two sisters, one of whom was awfully competent and one of whom was a deaf mute. Similarly, here there are two deaf sisters, deaf mute sisters. Which the marriage is valid that Abana married two Allahly competent brothers, or two deaf mute brothers, or two brothers, who was Allahly competent, and the one who was deaf mute. So, in all these cases, these women are exempt from Khalitan Yum. Each sister is exempt as she's a sister of the wife of the Yavama. If they're unrelated, the men may marry them, Yibum, and if, no, if they wanted to divorce them, that you too, they could be divorced. Since this is stated as a general law, it indicates that the deaf mute's brother can also give a get to Zivama, who was previously married to his deaf mute's brother. The Chum did not institute a decree in order not to create confusion with the similar case of a deceased and uh, halakhali competent brother. Rather, it's clear as we initially answered that it's referring to Yivama. Previously married to a halachically competent brother who fell before Yavim, who was a deaf mute from birth. Uh, and we see that the answer we just gave from the previous moment is rejected. Omer Rabbi The friends of Rafim Gamliel disagree with him and hold that the written instructions from a deaf mute have no halachic validity. We also learned this in the Mishnah. Um, that a non-verbal instructions are insufficient to initiate a divorce, even for one who was born with the ability to hear and became a deaf mute. Instead, this if one became a shaita after wedding the chum instead of the husband, the husband became a deaf mute or a shaita, he can never divorce her, and he's not have the legal competence to grant her the divorce. The Mara explains, Lomis, what is the reason that the Mishnah emphasized that he can never divorce her? Must be that even though he can communicate through writing. So the Chayda we see that communicating in writing doesn't work. So Rapha says, If not for the fact that Rabbi teaches us that there is a Machlech between the Shemagam Lil and the Chachamim, I would say that. Even though we see his sharp meaning of examining his gestures, these indications are not sufficient to warrant a divorce. Despite this, if we were to issue a written instruction to divorce his wife, they would be followed. Just as is permitted to divorce the Allahli. Uh, competent woman against her will. What's the reason that Chacham says that she's not, she not divorced so that she will not be treated as a ownerless property? If she has no husband to protect her and she's unable to protect herself, she may be treated as a half property, 
property by anyone and who wishes to have relationships with her. By contrast, if the husband is a elim or a shaita, then he cannot divorce her, minatira. So the Mishnah stresses only that the husband may not never divorce his wife in the case where he becomes halachically incompetent, but now when it is his wife who becomes a deaf mute or a shaita, or to demonstrate the difference between the two cases, men in terms of minatira.